Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. How sweet it is to be loved by you. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios, with Jeff Calkins on today's show, presented by Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. Online at RedRiverToyota.com. We're back with the Gabe Kuhn Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Jeff Calkins is columnist of the Daily Memphis and also host of the Jeff Calkins Show, 9 to 11, right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. He's on Twitter at Jeff underscore Calkins. Jeff, how was your weekend? Uh, weekend was good. Good weekend. Nice. Yeah. Out in the sun a little Nothing bit? Did the bike rides, extended runs. Yeah, the bike ride didn't, didn't, uh, didn't end up going on a long bike ride for one reason or another. There was a guy in my group. I wasn't on this ride. This is the problem with bike rides. A guy named Bruce, wonderful guy. He's one of the leaders of the uh, the uh, Hightailers rides. Eh, probably my age, maybe a little older, maybe whatever, probably my age. And he had a calamitous crash such that he's in the oh. hospital with a, like an elbow and a leg and broken this and broken that. And it's that's the problem with. You've been around like, a lot of crashes lately. I mean, it's a risky run. Yeah, that, that was that too. But that, that isn't why I didn't go on a, uh, a a bike ride. But I didn't go on a bike ride. I did jump in my pool, so that was nice. And uh, and I had a and I had a nice time. So nice, quiet weekend. Understood. Understood. Um, food wise, last thing on this. Food wise, Delvin, any of the Memorial Day favorites that we talked about on Friday? Didn't have any Memorial Day favorites. I, my stomach's uh, still recovering from all my pasta salad, potato you have? salad, what, what, three burgers, brats, hot dogs. The two best things that you ate this weekend. Um, my fiance's potato salad was something different. I have to really? say, she, you she, a potato she, salad. She, she, hers was great. Too. Hers was great. Hers was great. I have to. I have to give credit it where credit's due. And I know. And I also know if I don't compliment it on the show while she's listening, I might. Uh, I might have to hear about salad. it. Um, and all right. So, and what's the other best thing you ate? Um, I had some ribs. I had a few ribs. Some nice. They were eight hours, eight hours, low and slow, on the Who smoker. Made you? Um, no, good buddy Daryl. Good buddy Daryl out at the lake. Out at the lake. And by the way, I did not get eat up by a water moccasin like we were talking about on Friday. No, I stayed safe from the the snapping turtles and the water moccasins. Stayed lake? away. Yeah, of course I did. Of course I did. Um, you do have to take well, okay. a thorough shower though. A day after the lake in the south. After the lake. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, no, I had no, I really had no um, conventional Memorial Day foods. I went, 
uh, one of those nights, I went to Queen of Sheba, which is a Middle Eastern restaurant next to Charlie's Meat Market on mm-hmm. Summer, which I heartily recommend to people. It's just a great hole in the wall, and uh, and it's 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 really good, a hole in the wall kind of place. And then I went to Coastal Sunday, and. I thought it was pretty good, but the, I'll tell you what was really good was the raw oysters were really good raw mm-hmm. oysters sitting there, sun, sun beaming down and eating raw oysters, looking out over the great scene. You know, it's funny. You th- I think about, it feels like to some extent, occasionally you feel like Memphis is in, you know, kind of a difficult moment in its history. Now it feels like we're, we're struggling mm-hmm. a little bit for one reason or another. And yet then I am reminded of just some of the things that have been created in the last 20 years that are just, we, we now do take for granted, but that are absolutely spectacular. And one of them is just Shelby Farms broadly, what they, in, yep. in the remaking of Shelby Farms, it is such a freaking great place. And mm. I mean, we've talked, you and I have talked before about the dog park yep. and the dog park is is literally the best dark park I've been to in the world. It's fantastic. Um, and, uh, but just like walking around, it's, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. You can sit there and sit out on the, and coastally sit there on the, on the front deck and have raw oysters. And so that was lovely. It was, it, 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 it reminded me that if you focus a little bit, instead of just focusing on what happened you know, six blocks over that was unfortunate or whatever else, or, and not that those things don't matter because they do or the struggles we have. But if occasionally you remind yourself what a, uh, you know, how nice it can be to live here and um, some of the amazing things that we've had and that in fact we've created over the last two decades, um, I don't know. I just think that's important to do occasionally. Oh, and no I question. Myself this weekend. No, I, I am, I am, I, I'm an optimist. I really am, and I, I always, I try to get around town on the weekends and enjoy um, being around people that share that are like minded. I like trying to uh, go out just like you. Coastal Fish is one of my favorites. That backdrop there is one of the more beautiful views in Memphis for any restaurant. If people haven't been there on the back patio. But reality does hit quick, though. <laughs> Living in the city, you get brought back. You get brought back. I'm also like be naive to not talk about <laughs> yeah, the issues as well. But it feels like more and more, all we talk about is the yeah. struggles, and not we don't just acknowledge that. Honestly, uh, you know, there, there's been a lot of. And here's the other thing: is that if you look at the the whatever struggles we have now, aren't any more profound than the struggles that this city has had in the past, whether it do was you, the assassination of Martin you, Luther King or whatever the hell, we have the damn yellow fever. Like there, this yeah. is, there's been, there've been moments in this city's history that have been considerably more dire than this. So yes, optimism is good. Do, do I, you, what do you ever find yourself completely unplugging some days when you just have reached that breaking point of just like, I, I can't take any more negative. I, do you ever find yourself fully unplugged? Oh, I, when I, when I unplug, it's not because of the negative. Um, I try now to unplug more. Like, for example, we had yesterday, you wake up to, if you're on social media and if you follow the certain people, you are then become keenly aware the John Morant, I, I can't vouch for this. I only know what people have said. I didn't go check myself. 
that John Moran has unfollowed certain people on social media. Devontae Pack is the one I saw. J.J. Reddick and Most prominently, Devontae Pack, his friend who has been uh, with, along with him in a lot of the most troublesome moments. And I don't know whose fault it was, but whatever. So, And there are times I think to myself, my God, do I really need to, on this Memorial Day, <laughs> did, did, did so many sacrifice so much so I can care about whether – uh, John Morant followed or unfollowed Devonte Pack, but it is interesting because I'm. Uh, it, it, folks will learn this because I'm about to leave town. And normally, for the last however, as long as we've done these radio shows, and um, which is you know whatever, 15 years now or something. I don't know what it is. Um, even when I go on vacation, I do the radio shows because I just feel some obligation to the radio shows and to always be commenting on the news of the day or always be whatever. So I'm going this weekend, not this weekend, this week, I'm going to my college reunion in Boston and then I'm going hiking in the white mountains. Um, and I am not doing my show and I'm not doing this show and yep. I'm not doing Jason's show. And that is literally a first for me. Like I don't. So, and I'm going to try, listen, if the John Morant news drops while I'm gone, I'll probably write a column about that or if something else dramatic happens but beyond that i'm going to try to not plug in because nothing the truth of the matter is nothing is that important yeah. <laughs> particularly now like this is in, in the moment in sports yeah we can talk about what, what nick saban said today about paying players or whatever else but like we're kind of in a particularly in memphis we've moved into this sort of okay Things have slowed down. You can get excited about the EYBL stuff over the weekend if you want or whatever, mm -hmm. but nothing big is happening in Memphis right now and in the, in the sports world. And so I'm going to try to unplug, but not because of negativity, just because I think it's healthy to unplug yeah. even though I don't. I definitely do on the weekend sometimes. I mean, I, I, I find myself in a weird headspace at times, and I have to unplug and just not check the How phone and everything else. How long will you go without having access to I'll, your phone? I'll go, I'll go a day. A day is really? usually the most. A day is usually the most, and usually I'll, I'll even with that day, okay, at, the, at the end of the night, I'll probably day, pick it up and check and see. I call you or text you? Yeah, like, well, I, I, yes and no. I mean, in the middle of the day, I'm just not answering phones, calls, or texts. People get angry with me about that. But at, really? usually at night I'll start returning around eight o'clock. See them? Yeah, yeah. Around eight o'clock I'll go back to my phone, texts, phone calls, the whole nine yards, direct messages. That's right. That, that I'll is, try to that is healthy. That's healthy. I don't think most people have that kind of self restraint. That's one of the things about text that is, to me, really irritating. Is that they create this sense of urgency, like you can be with someone having a conversation with someone or doing something or in a meeting or living your life. And the assumption is if you don't answer a text immediately, you're being rude. Like that should, for whatever reason, the unspoken societal, it feels like understanding, which I don't agree with, but I do think is the societal understanding is texts immediately take priority and yep. they need to be answered immediately. And that's crazy. Like, who, who gets to barge in on to whatever you're doing at any moment and go right to the top of the list? It's like if you were waiting in line, it's just like someone cuts right in front of the line and, like, that's, the, that's nutty. But it is where we are with text and such that if you don't answer someone's text for an hour, there are people who will get indignant with you because, man, I text you'll you get an that, hour you'll get that You'll get that text two, three hours later, hey. 
You around? Yeah. Do you care I, about me you anymore? Know, what happened? You, 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 did someone <laughs> die? Right. Like whatever. Like and, and no, you. And 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 the weird thing is, is I mean, once upon a time, you could have called someone on the phone, and they they the phone is attached to the wall. And they wouldn't have been in the house at that moment, and so they wouldn't have gotten it, and you wouldn't have gotten them, and you wouldn't have found anything like it. Or there would have been a little machine that would click on, and it would say, hello, this is Jeff Gawkins. Leave a message. And you would understand that four hours could pass or six, and I may not come back and hit play and get that. And so you realize that everything wasn't instantaneous. Now we have this feeling that if someone doesn't text you immediately – at least to give you a uh, thumbs up or a, you know, heart or a ha ha or an exclamation yeah. point, then there's something went wrong. Somebody, you actually start to worry about them. If they don't, if within 20 minutes, they don't answer you. Like, then you send them question marks, right? Yeah. They must yeah. be dead. Yeah. yeah hope, hope everything's okay? okay. We need to report yeah. them missing. He hadn't answered his phone for three hours. <laughs> right. Put them on a milk carton. <laughs> yeah. That's a reference to me. That didn't matter anymore. Anyway. So uh, I think they still anyway, do that so, on milk cartons. Sidebar, right? Do they? Maybe. I'm wrong. I, I, I'm probably I've wrong. I've cut down on my milk consumption. The kids are out of the house. Yeah, yeah. You haven't. You haven't gone. Have you on like the rice milk route, the the almond milk route? That's what uh, I grew. I grew up on rice milk because my mom was really? lactose intolerant. Yeah. So complete sidebar. But anyways, since you brought it up, I do want to ask about it. Devonte Pat getting unfollowed yeah. potentially by. John Morant, I wasn't going to bring it up today uh, because I just don't think it's necessary. I mean, like from a news perspective, it just gets annoying to be on Instagram and Twitter watch all the time. But I do think there's something there. I mean, I, I one of my best friends. I don't. I, you wouldn't see me unfollowing okay, them on way, social media. Do you know media. for sure that he did, or did you just see reports? This, that he I did? saw reports that he did. So I guess right, okay, I, I guess we, we may. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll trust him. Yeah, but let's be clear. You you okay? So I don't think. First of all, the John thing, broadly speaking. It is mysterious, crazy, odd, whatever, that it has taken this long. Um, Chris Arrington on my show said he was talking to someone who was up at the, up at the combine. And there, what was the chatter about the John Morant stuff, you know, during, um, among the NBA people? And the chatter was, why the hell is this taking so long? That yeah. was the chat. It wasn't like, how long will this be? It was like, what's up here? Like, why isn't it taking so long? So that is its own mystery. Like, and does it mean that there is, um, you know, something more com- complicated going on here, more involved than other than just sort of slapping down a, a discipline and moving ahead. And so that's sort of, to me, the most interesting thing about the draft stuff right now. And then the second question is, it is a huge leap. Is Ja unfriending or whatever people is that in any way connected Related. with yeah. what might be going on? And 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 again, I don't think. Let's presume he unfollowed someone. There's usually a reason for un, it. It didn't just. It didn't just happen. There is some explanation, right? He he didn't just. Uh, you know, uh, Instagram didn't do it automatically. There is some reason why someone, either Ja or someone who runs an account, if this is what happened, that someone unfollowed Devante Pack. It could have been all kinds of reasons. One is, hey, let's see how the world re- re- reacts if we unfollow each other. Yeah, that could be one, right? But that could be one. Another could be there is a giant schism between Ja and Devante Pack. Another could be eh, Devante Pack decided to change and use another account. He followed that one instead. Yeah. Another another one could be um, they've realized 
that, I mean, literally, these are just wild speculation. Could be, hey, we're talking to the NBA about what has to happen next, and one thing that we'd like to have happen next is unfollow these people or have a different kind of social media presence. And this is maybe the start of that. But again, we're just speculating. But there is some presumably actual explanation for why he unfollowed Devontae Pack. There's just no way to know what it is, and there's no reason to spend a lot of time trying to guess because you can't get to the right answer. We don't know it. Right, and and unfollowing someone is not the same. I mean, like, if they're – if there's something no going, if he, if he spent right. less time around Devontae Pack, that would be a different story, right? If they said, well, him and him and his longtime friend Devontae Pack are no longer hanging out with each other, that's that's a different story. But just simply and unfollowing this, this someone, part of that, we, we have I no mean, idea maybe, what I mean, yeah, it's just we look at when when NFL players, but it also is a NBA point players unfollow their own teams. That's been known to happen. We read right, that, right. We're always reading tea leaves, and I just think it's probably. Uh, all will be revealed. Yes. All will. I don't know when it's going to happen. Didn't happen today, but all will ultimately be huh. revealed. But, and so we can just sit here and wait, and when we'll get the answer, when we get the answer. What What it does tell me is everything John Moran does is a story. Just a- absolutely, we it just that everything we absolutely latch onto it. You had Bryce James at the EYBL situation wearing John ones. That's a story that's tweeted out. That gets shared and everything else and likes. But uh, I mean, that's 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 ultimately what I chalk it up that to. Is if everything he does is a story, and I think it is, and if uh, you know, young James, LeBron James's kid, is wearing uh, his shoes, I do think it underlines that whatever Jaws uh, missteps have have done in terms of complicating things for the Grizzlies or for Ja himself or whatever else, it, it hasn't cost him his level of no. celebrity, um, his level of intrigue, the level of fascination that people have with him. And, you know, just on a purely monetary level, it feels like people are still going to buy his shoes. You know, yeah. This, yeah. The, if anything, maybe it, it, this is, you know, sort of a edgy credibility enhancing Set of uh, oddly enough, uh, you know, that's um, that's what I was gonna. I mean, that's something I was thinking about over the weekend. People love the redemption arc and the redemption story. If Ja can get back right to where he was before all of this nonsense the last year and be an upstanding citizen, I mean, the the amount it would do for him is going to be unbelievable because they're going to talk about how he overcame all of the nonsense he did this year. Um, not making all NBA to finally get back up to the top. I mean that that in the, in itself, I think that would sell more shoes, make him mo- uh, the notoriety even higher if he can stay clear of all this stuff for two years. Like that that to me is is sort of what I was thinking over the weekend, just to myself driving in the car. Yeah, the prerequisite there is is that obviously he's got to sort it out and well, wh- yes. whatever it, wh- whatever whatever that looks like. Uh, obviously, we we hope that he does. Yeah. No question. Talking with Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins on Twitter. Um, heat versus uh, Heat versus uh, Nuggets. What are your What are your immediate thoughts here? I, I say Nuggets and six, but I'm going to make a, a legit pick here later in the week once we once we get to. I game think game. that sounds about right. Um, obviously, six uh, would mean they win it in Miami, but mm-hmm. the, the the road 
home stuff doesn't – I mean, six seems right. Like five, really? Are we really going to believe this Miami team that has stunned us all along is just going to – Roll over. Uh, is is, is going to roll over? Um, I don't know how they – you know, I, good luck with Jokic, though. Like, I, I – I, and so, um, you know, I would say five or six, it feels like. Um, um, and uh, and I kind of I'm, – I'm going to kind of enjoy it. I, I think yeah. this whole idea that – that it's uh, let's be honest, like like watching that game last night, you can say you can say that Denver isn't fun to watch all you want, I guess, or fun to cover. It, you know what? Who wasn't fun to watch last night? The freaking Boston Celtics. Like yep. I guess they were fun to cover because then you can talk about how freaking awful Jalen Brown was and eight turnovers on a in a deciding night and the and the 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 mess that they've made of their head coaching situation and their absolute inability to get decent shots or to like, it was, it was atrocious. It was just an There's atrocious nothing exciting play. about what they did on offense. And that honestly, entire they series. Don't, yeah. Like they, I don't think they're, I don't think they're that fun to watch. You right. know, I, I, I don't. Um, so, so I don't know what it, to the extent that people would come worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole. Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Playing that Denver's not fun to cover or whatever else, is it because there's the lack of the drama that we see there? But I, I, I think Jokic isn't, you know, you let me watch Jokic play basketball or Jalen Brown play basketball. I'm going to watch Jokic play basketball. Thank you very right. much. And, and here's the thing. is like people say it's built on star power, and it is. And it is. I'm not going to argue about that, and it hasn't largely been built on who's parody. The star in and they're trying to, who's the but star he, in Boston? But, but here's the – well, Jalen Brown. Who you want to watch more than but, Jokic. But, but point, being, point being, I don't tune in to watch those stars flail and flop consistently. Right. Like that, yeah. You can talk about those guys being bigger stars than anybody on the Heat, but Jason no, they they bigger star. First of all, I don't know that Jason Tatum is he a bigger star than Jimmy Butler? Maybe? I think I think he surpassed him. I think he surpassed him. At but this he's point. not. He's not. He, I, honestly, I like watching Jimmy Butler play basketball more. Yeah. Even when he like, stinks on offense, he just brings some juice. There, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm just. I, 
Point being, I, I, I'm, I'm, we're in lockstep. It's just when I see yeah. star power and I see teams that have said star power and those stars can't make a basket in the fourth quarter, that's no fun for me. That's atrocious. Yes, no, and like atrocious. I, I, I said this to Connor off the top of the show, I've never been more frustrated with a team that I don't care about than watching the Celtics throughout the series. They just they 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 have that natural talent. They have a better roster, and they just night to night do the same things, expecting different results. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I think I had decided for whatever reason that I was rooting for Boston last night in my mind. And so as they'd get within eight or ten or something, and then Jalen Brown would, you know, just take just hideous shot or like, I mean, what in the hell? Like, like if I had really cared about that, if I really cared about that team, it would have enraged me. <laughs> you know, like if you were a Celtics fan, hell, you look at the line that Jalen Brown put up, and and uh, and if Dylan Brooks had done that in Memphis, um, and he did some things like that in Memphis, yeah. but it was a it was a Dylan Brooks esque performance. Like it was atrocious. Dylan has worst. It's, uh, well, with, it's Dylan. I mean, with eight turnovers, I don't, I don't know if did we ever have a game turnovers, eight turnovers for, what, for you know, and twenty three so. shots, and he was one of nine, I think, from three. I mean, oh. just god awful at every yeah. turn. Um, and I mean, it, it is as if he cannot dribble a basketball. It, it's something else to watch, and you know, maybe it's because okay, so Tatum tweaked his ankle, and therefore yeah. you know Jalen Brown was was in it, needed to do more. Was in a put in, but the guy is is in line for a supermax, and um, yeah, it was it was. And by contrast, you had the Heat getting it. You know, their shots were in rhythm. Their shots were on the floor. Like it, it was, it was the contrast was absolutely startling, and um, and and did no favors to the Boston Celtics. That was atrocious. Now, last thing for you, I heard you talking about talking about it with uh, Chris on the show today, um, but uh, there's sort of a conversation about the Heat and their role players. Could that give hope to the Grizzlies? Where, where do you stand on that? I mean, uh, seeing these undrafted free agents, these young guys, these guys that they've developed internally step up, I guess there's some hope there, but the Heat have done it for years. Well, yeah, I mean, the Heat are, are, seem to be particularly good at this. Um I do think there's a – to me, the larger lesson of all of this, and I, this is something I've mentioned on my show a lot and, and mentioned maybe here before, is that endings are ugly, yep. typically. And so while people were were frustrated and wanted to – you know, time for big changes with the Grizzlies and whatever, the way it ended, what we've seen is for team after team after team after team – the endings are ugly, and, and, and you can't overreact, but there's really no point in overreacting. So, I mean, whose ending was worse? Was uh, Memphis's ending worse than the Suns' ending or worse than Milwaukee's ending or worse than the Sixers' ending or worse than, you know, now we have uh, Golden State's ending or worse than now we have Boston? Like, the endings look bad, and, and if all you judge on is, oh, my God, what just happened, yep. um, then you will overreact. Mm-hmm. And so – I think that's useful to remember for, from the Grizzlies' perspective. How bad does that ending look when you realize that Stephen Adams was out and Brandon Clark was out and turns out the Lakers were pretty good and, you know, maybe it wasn't so disastrous. And then secondly, yeah, sure. I mean, I don't know that David Roddy's going to do what Caleb Martin did, but but I do imagine that between Jake LaRavia, 
David Roddy, Zaire Williams, just take those three guys, they will be, I think they each will be better next year than they are this year. And, you know, one or two of them may be good enough, may be what you want. Who would you um, bet and, on of those three? And then, I mean, I think Roddy's the yeah. safest bet just right. because we've seen he was in, in spots. He was effective um, this year. I think like what Jake LaRavia can do, which is shoot um, and, he, and, and not be, you know, he has the potential to be at least a pesky defensive player as well. Um, and so yeah, he 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 didn't he couldn't figure out how to do that in the context of an NBA game yet, and I guess more worrisome, some of the complaints about him at Wake were the same, like that he yeah. he he couldn't didn't always leave the mark on the game that you would have thought his skills would have allowed him to make. Um, so he does some I think very useful things. Um, I think, but I think I think Roddy's the safest bet to be a member of an effective member of the rotation next year. But I think they all have a chance. Yeah. You know, Ken Martin did he didn't play a minute in in the game seven last year, and obviously was one of the stars last night. So that doesn't mean that every role player is going to go from not playing a minute to being one of the stars of of game seven. But I do think, and another year of basketball helps, and being surrounded by you know, really good players, which is obviously the case in Miami, but should be the case in Memphis as well, helps. And so, you know, I, I feel I feel pretty optimistic about the Grizzlies, even in the immediate wake of their loss to the Lakers. I still feel good about them now. I still I, I feel even better about them now because you look around and I think, you know what, I kind of like this situation better than what Phoenix is dealing with or what the Clippers are dealing with or mm. what Philadelphia is dealing with. Um and so, yeah, we just need to figure out this job thing, yeah. and, and away we go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, Jeff, uh, have fun on your vacation. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. See you again. Yes, sir. That's Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins on Twitter. Um, Jeff Calkins Show, 9 to 11 right here on these airwaves, and also columnist at the Daily Memphian. Now we have to transition to other things, and that would be Tiger basketball. Non-conference schedule has released. Caleb Love commits elsewhere. There's still some opportunity out there, but where is that opportunity for, Memphis, for the Memphis roster going into next year? What can Penny, Andy, Borman, Slick, Rick, what can they do in the meantime to make sure this roster is ready to go for that non-conference schedule going into next year? Talk about all that on the other side right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. They keep trying to tell me Back in on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. We basically have the fourth rough draft. You know, you go through those first three rough drafts of the non-con or of of a paper. Then you get to that fourth one. It's just about done. You just need those last little sort of check marks. Someone to tell you what's going on. The school hasn't released it, but we do have the idea here of the 2023-24 non-conference schedule for Tiger basketball, and it's a rough one. I mean, it's a good one in the fact that you get to build a resume up before you get to AAC play. Um, where you're inevitably going to run into a lot of teams that don't give you a whole lot of, uh, you know, the quad one, quad two victories or quad one, quad two opportunities. 
but it's it's pretty rough considering the roster, and we'll get to that in a second. But they open with Lemoyne Owen, obviously, in an exhibition. But November 6th starts their home opener. Um, that will be Jackson State. November 10th at Missouri. November 17th at home versus Alabama State. And then you'll get to the Battle of Four Atlantis. And this is where the really tough month stretch of schedule, it gets, it gets very, very tricky. Uh, November 23rd and 25th will be that battle for Atlantis. The teams involve Arkansas, Michigan, North Carolina, Northern Iowa, Stanford, Texas Tech, and Villanova. So uh, any, you know, any, any one or two of, or three of those teams really uh, boost that schedule up, but it's really tough to get wins when you get into that battle for Atlantis, um, but the Tigers will have a chance. But then after that, December 2nd at Ole Miss, Chris Beard, year one, they've recruited their ass off. And they're going to be ready to try to win. And, and, and honestly, at Ole Miss, there's going to be some issues there. I mean, it's, it's going to be a, a more raucous crowd than you've ever dealt with in Oxford ever because of, because of the new basketball situation. Then at VCU, Mike Rhodes is gone. But VCU just year after year seems to put a good product out there basketball-wise on the floor. And they're just coming off a year where they won the regular season A-10 title. Then December 10th at Texas A&M. Then Clemson, Virginia, Vandy. Um, Vandy will be on December 23rd. So that from that that stretch from November 23rd to December 23rd is going to loom large for resume building the entire year. And I have to say, I have questions right now with the current roster how they're going to fare during that ske- during that stretch of schedule. And I understand that the the roster may not look exactly like what we envision at this moment by the time we actually get to that stretch of schedule. But if we're trying to project into next year and look at what they have right now, that's going to be a a tough, tough time. That's going to be a tough go of it for this Tiger team. Um, They're going to have to have guys step up that they don't necessarily, especially offensively, that they don't really envision right this second. We'll know more as they get into the preseason. But – I think ultimately, I'm glad they have all these power games on their schedule. It shows what they've been over the years historically as a uh, as a basketball program. But I think uh, when you look at it, considering the roster right now, you you have to have your questions. Yeah, I agree. I think you know I I appreciate the Tigers making this schedule and Penny making this schedule because. I think the idea of this is that we don't want to be at the end of the season and still questioning whether or not an at-large bid is possible yep. for this team. That seems like the main goal of this schedule, and I do think that they can be competitive in it, but I also think it's fair to have question marks right now. Yes, Penny, the last few years, has has he's gotten it done. He, he has gotten the roster together, even if it's at the final buzzer, but I, I think it's fair to ask questions, especially with today's news. I think one of the biggest worries is getting to December 23rd when they play Vanderbilt. And having more in the loss column than you do in the win column. And then you ask yourself, okay, are we already out of the, the at-large conversation, right? Are we already outside of the, the, the realm of an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament? And I think right now with this roster, that's a real possibility. They could do some things, and, and they could be a lot better than advertised. I think last year was a, was a time they were better than advertised. Um, you, you didn't know what you were going to get out of the guys like Keontae Kennedy and Demaria Franklin and all of these these role players. But at the same time, you had Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams right there at the top of the roster, and you knew that there was somewhat of a, of a higher floor. right? You didn't know what the ceiling was, but you knew there was a higher floor. This team, floor seems relatively low. Ceiling doesn't seem all that high. Just, you, you, you have to add more. 
you want to be overly competitive in these games. And I think even on November 10th at, at Missouri, Dennis Gates has been phenomenal. He's been great. Year one was great for him at Mizzou. You had a, you had a, a tournament appearance. I know it's been hard for, for people at Mizzou to really, for coaches at Mizzou, to really take that and run with it. Quinn Snyder had trouble with it. Frank Haith, Mike Anderson, they all had their moments of greatness, and then it faded off. Dennis Gates in year one was great. Hopefully he can get that going again in year two. It strengthened the schedule up. But when we look at, at, at what has transpired in the transfer portal and, and potential targets for the Tigers, there's just still not much out there. Caleb Love committed to Arizona today. You lost two recruits that you – potentially could have reached out to. I think Jaden Bradley was right there on the precipice of committing if the NIL package looked good enough, um, but he didn't ultimately. But he lost two to a better NIL situation, a, a team that can make a stronger offer, and the questions still have to come back at you. What Are, are you doing enough? If you want to be a you know Power 5, if you want to get into a Power 5 conference, if you, if you want to be a, a team that competes at the highest of levels in the NCAA tournament, are you doing enough? on the NIL front this offseason to facilitate that. And, I, I, again, I think they're trying to think outside of the box. We know about the Memphis rebounders and what they've done with Penny Hardaway. $1,000 gets you at his house during the summer for three hours, cocktails, hors d'oeuvres, the whole nine yards. But I think based on what we've seen and based on the efforts they're making, there's, there's a little bit of a lag. There's a little bit of a lag, and it's un, uh, uncomfortable and disconcerting. Yeah, like, like you said. It's fully possible that Penny pulls a rabbit out of his hat. He's done it before. He has a knack for getting this yes. team together and having a solid roster. But it's, it's, it's totally fair to have question marks right now because, like you talked about the team from last season, that felt like his most complete team from top to bottom. And it, it feels like right now it's very incomplete. <laughs> it's very incomplete. It's beyond, I mean, Caleb Mills is the main source of offense in your backcourt. I mean, right now – Day one, from a point guard perspective, are you starting Jalen Young, UCF transfer? Are you starting him? Like it, That's scary considering Kendrick Davis and how good he was in that role, and you step that far down the next year at that same position with a guy who could set the table and who could score going from that to a guy who's just completely unproven, may have some, have some experience. I think he's a fine player, but he's a reserve guy at best if you're playing at your highest level. Um, I know they've been involved in, in Julian Phillips from Tennessee. I know there's some thoughts there, but they, they seem sort of booked up at the wings and at the four. Uh, they need a big still. Um, there's been conversations, and this is, this is one of the more interesting thoughts. Malcolm Dandridge, it makes sense, right? He has one more year, no doubt. He could come back, and apparently he's mulling that. He just had a, a tweet that he shot off today saying, out of sight but still in the loop. I think people are wondering if he's talking about still being in the loop uh, with the University of Memphis. And certainly he could come back and he'd be an addition to this roster considering they just don't have a natural big right. outside of maybe a guy like Nick Jordan. They just don't have a guy that can get you the rebounds, get you those, those uh, tough minutes, those uh, role-playing minutes, and trying to guard a, a opposing teams' bigs as well. So Malcolm Dangerous can fit in. I've also heard, and I don't know – I think there's some truth to it, but I don't know how realistic it is. DeAndre Williams back for another year on a waiver. First of all, the NCAA would have to grant that. And second of all, is DeAndre Williams at this point really all that interested in coming back for another year of college? I, I, I just don't I, – I've seen that talked about. I've seen it reported on to a certain extent. And I just don't 
I don't buy into that being realistic or smart to, to attach your name to it for another year. I know he'd be good. He would uh, create a lot of uh, or, or, or make sure that you, you feel like you're back on the, the right path. You have a guy who can score. You have a guy who can get you a double-double game to game. Like You feel better about what the team could be. The floor raises immediately, but he's going to be 27 years old, needs to move on probably with his life at some point. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I just, in getting a waiver from the NCAA for a sixth year, going on seven years, really, is that, is that something that you should be counting on? That's, that, in my opinion, sort of gives you the reason to press that red button, that panic alarm, if you will, if, if that's what you're trying to rely on at this point. Yeah, I don't. I think I'm. Yeah, I'm not like pressing it or really hovering around it, but I'm at least looking at it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's in the room. It's in the room. I I think that he's that he has time to get this together, and you know, it, the Instagram story of JJ is encouraging that he's on campus. And, yeah, and I saw that. Like JJ that. So Taylor is on campus. That's why there's you know this thing could very quickly come together within the next few weeks. But again, I think it's fully possible to. Support this Memphis Tigers team, support Penny, but still have some question marks about this roster. Yeah, and people don't think for some reason. I feel like nuance. There's, there's some people that, that miss out on that nuance. I, 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 you've said it a million times throughout this segment. I feel as if Penny can go figure something out, but he hasn't yet. You know, so like it's just it's until, really quiet. Let me have to be honest. It's really quiet until until those questions get answered. You can still have those questions. Correct. Without answers. So I, I, philosophy. There's, there's, now there's, he's a philosophizer. There, there, there's some damn nuance to this whole thing <laughs> where I think Penny can potentially get something done. For God's sakes, he got something done in August with Jalen Duran and Imani Bates. Right. I fully get that. But that was a interesting situation that came together very, very quick. And you don't know if he has that type of thing up his sleeve this year, if he's relying on other things. And I, I saw today also that – uh, I think Kevin Cross and Jalen Forbes both pulled their name out of the NBA draft. Um, is that somebody? Is that is that a situation they may be able to get involved in? Uh, can the Tigers reach out and see if some of these uh, um, graduates or guys pulling their name out of the NBA draft are willing to transfer? A lot of questions still, not a lot of answers. But I will say this non-conference basketball schedule. Happy to see it, but I do question how the roster will be able to handle it now. We have to get to small talk, and succession is over. Connor and I have to discuss. If you've been watching succession on HBO, on Max, you understand what it's about. I don't care about spoilers. We're going to get to it on the other side, right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Here on 92.9, we talk ball every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m. Except right now, it's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Kuhn Show. And today, we get into small talk, and it's succession talk. Last iteration of succession talk. Succession is completely over. Season 4, episode 10 was on on Sunday. And uh, I caught it yesterday. I caught it yesterday. So I'm all, I'm all caught up. 
and I'm not worried about spoilers because it's over and I have my depression, so you're going to have to hear about it. But it, it, let's start with the end first. Lucas Matson, Gojo takes over, and he picks his CEO, and it's not Shiv Roy. It's her husband, Tom Wamsgum. So they now rule the Waystar Royka world. They're clearly going to make changes. We're not going to see those changes. But after all of that, I thought for a while the most obvious answer was going to be the answer. And you thought there for, for the most part, even as they went into the, the, the vote, went into vote with the board, that it was going to be that way. But Kendall at the top and uh, Roman and Shiv being underlings. But this answer to me, considering Tom's buildup throughout the four seasons, getting close with Logan, being a yes man, taking all the punches um, when, when it came to uh, inquiries and investigations, you see the buildup and you see why Tom ends up in the situation he ends up in. Um, I think there was also a, a, a part, you know, during uh, election night when Lucas Matson was at the party with them that he was asking about Tom and where Tom was at. And they said, well, Tom's still working or no, that was during funeral. That was the, that was a funeral episode. They asked, well, Tom's still working. Tom's still at the office. And I think Lucas took that as Tom is a hard worker and Tom's still, regardless of the situation, going to get what he needs to get done. And ultimately he ends up in that situation and, and Shiv is, uh, that's gotta be a, that's a tough situation to be in. You thought you were going to be the CEO. You've been working for a while to try to, wiggle your way to the top, and someone who you feel like you've helped lift up their life ends up with that spot. Yeah. In a way, though, she kind of gave it to him. But, yes, uh, I, I agree with that. I thought it was a perfect ending for Succession, especially for Season 4. What I liked about it is that throughout the series, I've already started my rewatch of the series, there are little hints about who is going to potentially be on top. Because going into the episode, I did think it was going to be Kendall winning, quote-unquote, yeah. but losing everything is how I thought it was going to go. But I kept checking the time on the episode, and I was like, there's too much time left. Yep. Like, there's too much time left. Every time something went well for the siblings, I was like, there's still 40 minutes left in this episode. It's all going to come crashing down. Um, I thought Tom was a was a perfect succeeder, uh, if you will, but it's not really Logan's seat anymore, you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I thought that Shiv's decision was spurred by – she realized that she could not give it to Kendall because at the end of the day, he completely broke down. He lied to them about the waiter. He insulted them. He was a child. He was, I'm the eldest boy at the end. Oh, I, I think God, if, what a scene, by the if, way. Could you was, imagine being in a business meeting and seeing a well, family? Like, that's people just literally the whole show. The, the whole deal about the show is that these children are fighting over the seat and none of them are worthy for and it. They are they unserious are. people, and that is who they are. The, the final scene of the three of them together was who those three people are. And at the end of the day, Tom was the one that always had the job. When you look at the poster, Logan's flashing the watch. Tom gave him the watch in the first episode. And the funny, the best theory is that, you know, he's named after the baseball player from the 20s who had the only unassisted triple play in MLB history. And the fact that his last name was that, there were hints all over the place. But I thought that it was a perfect ending for the show where all the characters went, I thought made yep. sense. They stayed true to character. It was truly Shakespearean at the end of the day. I do like at the, also the commentary on how the election was truly a game and didn't actually matter at the end of the day for these people. And I also like how at the end of the day, this was just another business deal. And when you zoom out, no one cares. And, and, and Tom 
playing his cards the way he did. I remember even back of the episode, they're on the yacht and he eats Logan's chicken to show right. he's not soft. And then he moves on. There was always these rumors about him getting fired. He angled his way in every step of the way, never gave away his position, got close with Jared Mankin because he's running ATN, and he ultimately called the election for Jared Mankin. Jared Mankin likes the thought of him um, and not so much Shiv because of Shiv's former political career. The, the angles he took the entire time were pretty damn phenomenal. The most important thing he said was that I'm going to pee, I'm, I, I am a pain sponge. That's, that's, it's the most important thing he said and, because it's, it's, because Connor in episode two called all of them love sponges, and that's what they were. They are, yeah. only, they are, they are hurt love sponges looking for that. They're looking for acceptance. And, when Tom is the business guy, he, he, he's there to work. And, and seeing the, the foil between um, Kendall and Tom sort of there in that final episode, Kendall talking about, well, I'm a cog built for one machine, and this is the only machine I can run when he's trying to make his pitch to Shiv. And Tom says, I'm a good company man. I cut costs. I do what you tell me. I don't try to be an idea guy. I leave the ideas to you. And that's ultimately why he ended up in the position he's a puppet. that he's in. He's a puppet. And I but saw people puppet. trying to do a little bit of the sort of tie back and forth between Logan and Tom. I get the, the parallel between the relationship that Shiv has with Tom versus her dad. The more that Tom acted badly and, and, and shoved Shiv out, the, the more she, she started latch, yeah. latching onto him, similar to with her, uh, with her, her dad. But I don't, I don't get the parallels between Tom and Logan and the leadership. There's no leadership. No, business-wise, there's, there's none. It's the relationship solely. It's she's yep. attracted to... You know, she's always been loved by being by per, a person being cruel to her, and that's yep. what she's that's what she ultimately chose at the end of the day. She's going to be your mother. It's tragic. It's a tragedy. That's what people need to remember. This is a tragedy. That's yeah. all of them didn't get what they wanted because this is a tragedy. It's a Shakespearean tragedy. Yep. Now, still plenty to come on the show. We'll get to the blitz. Plenty to get to there. But coming up next, we talk some Tiger basketball. We'll talk uh, the out of conference schedule. What's upcoming? We'll get to some NBA finals. We'll get all around the sports world with. Christian Fowler from Bluff City Media right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.